Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Shane Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this edition of Outcast Catholic. I'm Father Shane Demon. I'm Father Travis Crotty. And we are coming to you from a very, very <laughs> special location. It's really exotic, wouldn't this you is, say, Father? Yeah, and I, I'm sure at one point it smelled pretty exotic, too. Exactly. Um, this is probably the most unique place we've ever Definitely. podcast. We are in the... Well, in the bowels of the old uh, Rams stadium, uh, in the trainer's room through the uh, locker room. Yeah, we're at the America Center in the locker rooms of the former St. Louis Rams. It's been a few years since 2017 when the Rams left because it's dusty. Well, the the (laughs) trainer's room is a little dusty. The rest of the locker rooms are really well. And not only are we here, we are joined with a very special guest. Oh. A very special guest. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up. For Father Tim Monahan, the Archdiocesan Vocation Director of Chicago. Thank you, gentlemen. Welcome, Thank you. Father. Good to be here. Thanks for joining us here in the locker room. <laughs> we <laughs> have just, fans. we're still at the SEAT conference. We are recording many episodes here in St. Louis and uh, catching up with a lot of old friends, but we're also kind of reaching out to a, a lot of new colleagues who are in the trenches working through the new evangelization with 17,000 young college students here, all seeking Jesus and all seeking a greater life of the church. And uh, we're grateful for Father Tim's presence here. I know you do so much with young adults in your own vocations ministry um, and also various parish ministries, especially to the French community in Chicago. Uh, and thanks for being here, Father. Great to be here, guys. Thank you for welcoming me. Welcome. You and I uh, first met each other when we were in studies in Rome. You were living in France, and we have a mutual friend, Father Steve Titus and of the shout Diocese. Out to Father Steve, yeah. Yeah, Father uh, Titus, a uh, former vocation director, now a thriving pastor in the Diocese of Cheyenne, Wyoming. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Father, and how you ended up here in the Archdiocesan Vocations Office. Thank you, Father Shane. So grew up in a small town, Arcola, in central Illinois. Fourth of eight kids, uh, just had a wonderful um, childhood. But we were talking about this, Father Shane, just grew up during the beige Catholicism years of the 1980s. And the 90s. In the 90s, (laughs) yes. It wasn't just limited to one decade. Right. (laughs) So did not really have an understanding of the vibrancy of our faith and all that it brings. So had a huge conversion into high school, went to University of Notre Dame, majored in finance, thought that was going to be my life. My dad's a small town banker and has, has had a wonderful and a very good life down in this small town. But the Lord had other plans for me, so he called me kind of towards the end, through college, really discerned that call, let it mature, ended up joining a very small contemplative community that took me to France, Mm -hmm. studied there, and was able to grow, yeah, in many different ways, challenging, but it was wonderful seeing the church, uh, pertinent to our topic in terms of outcasts, it was very important for me to see a church in a very secular country like France Mm -hmm. be able to thrive, finding ways in which to reach out to those who are outcasts, who Mm -hmm. are far... Anyway, ordained 2009, a year after uh, you, Father Shane, and then that community closed, and then a lot of my family has moved to Chicago. So I came to Chicago from Arcola via France and incarnated there, served in parish ministry in two different places, and then have been vocation director since 2017. Nice. You're doing great work. I know you spent a lot of time at the University of Illinois, mm-hmm. plugged into that Newman Center and other uh, college campuses elsewhere. Um and you've seen an awful lot, not only in a secular context of France, but now living in Chicago, this is obviously a very Midwest uh, podcast. 
we coming from the Diocese of Sioux City are much you know, more accustomed to a rural environment. Mm-hmm. You're obviously coming from a very urban center as you live right downtown. Um, but I think some of the context that we're speaking into is the same, whether you're in an urban or a rural area. How people are engaging in parish life and seeing that as a source of vitality and, and an authentic community. Uh, how are they really being formed um, from authentic shepherds, but also just mentors among the laity and other religious who can help them develop a sense of faith, whether that's in a rural context or a rural con- uh, urban context, mm-hmm. we're facing some of the same challenges in the church all over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as so many of our listeners from our own diocese have experienced since 2017 and recently pastor planning, that's sweeping the country right now. Yeah. Um, I was visiting Chicago, seeing some beautiful churches in those Polish neighborhoods, and we walked into one that was merging into its existing parish boundaries from being this Polish national parish, this ethnic mm-hmm. parish. So yeah, urban life and rural life is experiencing this changing shift from, we talk about the Christendom kind of era mm-hmm. of Catholic culture in the Midwest, which is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, we're here in St. Louis right now and we just went to dinner on the hill, uh, the Italian neighborhood last night. And yeah, there's like remnants of it. It's really beautiful in Chicago and St. Louis and these cities have it, but things are changing and people are kind of recognizing, I think a lot of our listeners, especially those who've lived through these generations, they've, they've encountered this change. They know that there's a problem. Maybe our older brothers in the presbyter recognize that there's an issue. We don't actually know what to do with it. So hopefully father Tim, the, the insights, you're going to just give us all the answers right now. No, but the insights that you can bring will be helpful. It's because to, to just have like, to have eyes wide open as we approach the culture with the gospel. That's been this kind of the theme of seek here is we're trying to raise up this next generation of missionary disciples of evangelizers for the culture here, right mm-hmm. where we are at here in the Midwest. Yeah. yeah thank you, Father Travis. Cause that a book I'm reading right now is talking about reality based observations mm. and how mm. important that is because of the disinformation, because of maybe some of the fantasy, the projections, et cetera, that, that all of us can struggle with of saying, I wish the church was like this. It's like, well, yeah, but it's not. So let's, let's observe the way it is right now. And what I'm seeing, some of the things that Father Shane and I were talking about, in the city, whether suburban or urban, this longing for community, mm. that's just inscribed into our hearts. So how does that come out in, the, in a, again, an urban, suburban environment? I see all these gyms, whether it's CrossFit, yeah. whether it's hot yoga, whether it's Pilates, whatever it is, but it's even advertising, find good community here. Mm. And so they're, they're speaking to that need. These are, these are people who are trying to form small gyms like boutique gyms, but they want to form community. But for me, it's a sadness of seeing, okay, the young adults there, they want that, but you have to pay for it every month. You have to be fit and you have to attend. And if those don't happen, mm-hmm. that community's done. Now, I'm sure listeners would say, no, 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 it can, it can continue in other ways. But again, it's, I just am so struck by that longing for community, whether it's travel sports in the suburban environment whether it's the gyms, whether it's... Well, I'd say I'm kind of in the hipster coffee shop world. <coughs> totally. Where, but it's the same way where it's like, unless you're kind of subscribing to like the woke ideologies of a particular like political movement, right? You got to have the signs and the flags out front. And we don't have a place for you here. Unless you're like into esoteric, weird coffee stuff. We don't have a place for you right here, right? right. The same thing though, but people are really reaching out to that. Yeah. Mm. No, it's all these... I, 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 again, I think it's beautiful that people are trying to connect. Mm. Again, it's inscribed in our hearts. We want to connect, and yet it's so hard to connect broadly. How do we connect broadly and really reach out to everybody, which is the church of Jesus Christ and his gospel? And yet we're failing to do that in a compelling way in so many of our parishes. Mm-hmm. 
And when you speak about finding authentic community, in many respects, whether you go to a gym, whether you go to a, a hipster coffee you know, shop, shop that might um, promote a woke agenda or whatever, it doesn't really matter. Whatever you're finding in some of these more secular areas, that's actually a, a very um, exclusive you know, clientele. You know, if you're not part of like this yoga club, if you're not in this CrossFit training, or if you're not really engaging in the different fragrant aromas of the fresh beans of a coffee shop, Amen. you know, Amen. Th that's actually a very exclusive thing. Mm. Uh, and the church's welcome is far, far more broad um, to, to expect that all ethnicities, all socioeconomic backgrounds are welcome uh, in uh, different parts of a city. You know, it doesn't matter what neighborhood you're from, all are welcome there. And to, to be able to lean into that and to say, we want to build authentic community among that, on one level, is much more challenging. On another level, it's much easier because the common playing field is that we're all beloved sons and daughters of God and we're moving our way towards uh, the, the hopeful entrance into heavenly glory. Challenging, but much more inviting, I think, than some of these other places where we might be looking for community. Right. And, and hopefully being able to build a community that I can come to in, with my joys and my sorrows, with my struggles. So there's a death in the family. I just lost my job. Some, my wife just had a baby. Like, we need help. And I can come to this community and really ask for that help. Maybe that's present in some of these other communities. I don't know. But I, the church at its best is doing that and responding to that need. Father Tim, I'm curious, your experience of growing up in a small town in central Illinois to now being in the heart of one of the biggest cities in the country, seeing the need for community in both those way, both those areas, right? I mean, mm -hmm. we're the same type of people no matter where we are mm -hmm. in the world, whether we're in secular France, like Latin America, or here in the, in the Midwest. Um, yeah, what, what's been kind of the, I don't know, how have those things kind of come together and integrated into your own life of having that experience of maybe a little bit more like intentional small town parish community? You, what's fascinating for me is my family, I'm the fifth generation to have lived in Arcola. Mm. And as my generation was the first to kind of leave. So we came from Ireland. We we're in Arcola for five generations and now we've largely left. But I was so struck coming to a place like Chicago because the, the image I had was very transient, people from all over. And yet there are very strong neighborhoods. And yes, there's been shifting between those neighborhoods depending on the ethnicity and the generation but people still long for stability mm. and they long for community. So you'll find certain neighborhoods in Chicago where people are multi-generation and they're proud of their neighborhood and they want to be there with their families. Mm. So it, it, it's, been, it's been fun for me to see, again, some of those same longings of the heart for community, for family, for really knowing a place and to be able to find it in the third largest city in the United States. Mm. So that's been really cool to see. And yet there's also, um, I would say at the same time, there are a lot of people coming from all over the country or other parts of the Midwest coming to Chicago who are excited by all that a city has to offer. But then after a time, they're saying, okay, but I want more. I want more. It's I'm lost in the crowd. Yep, yeah. exactly. Well, I think that just speaks into, I mean, hopefully our listeners, right? But I think a lot of our, yeah, a lot of our people that we know, listen, the, really the heart of this ministry, Father Shane, is our own parishioners in the diocese in Sioux City feeling kind of disconnected from one another, disconnected from the local church. goes back to our first episode, this idea that the grass is always greener on the other side. Mm -hmm. And I see that with my own peers as they, as they move away to kind of like our local Midwest cities or even up to Chicago, there's this idea that like, yeah, 
I need to get as far away from this small town as possible. And I probably mentioned it back in the, back in the day, but we were, I was actually at the March for Life with some kids from Central Illinois. And we're, we're talking, where, where are you from? I'm from this small town of 5,000 5, people. And like, I'm going to get as far away here as possible. I'm going to go to St. Louis. I'm going to go to Chicago. And one of my now priest friends, he's like, well, what are you going to do there? What are you going to do? What are you going to do in Chicago? And they're just like, well, so many things, so many things. And he, he challenged me. He goes, no, you're probably going to sit in your room and watch Netflix like all the kids in Chicago are doing right now. Right? So I think it's just a good, it's a good encouragement that we can get kind of a little, um, I don't know, destitute in sometimes um, if we're maybe not as connected to the, to the land as some of the farmers are. If we look around and we see kind of a closed-minded, um, maybe our parents' generation or grandparents' generation in, in rural Iowa, in the rural Midwest, but to know that there actually is something really good that people are actually desiring. And, and it's relational. That's the thing. I, when I see, I'm excited by the young adults who move to Chicago because I can help mentor them or encourage them, get connected to your parish. We have, we have some really good young adult parishes. And so they can come in and it saves them from just sitting there watching Netflix mm. all the time because they're able to connect and re- build authentic community through the parish. And that's something that I would say one of the, one of the biggest strengths or gifts from living in a small town was the depth and quality of relationship. Everybody knew everybody. And it wasn't just knowing or talking about people. It was, we are there for you. We're going to be there. We're not going anywhere. We've been here for generations. We will be there for you. And that's really hard to replicate in a big town, but you can build, already start to invest in relationships. I'm curious, if we were to walk into one of these CrossFit gyms in Chicago, and you were to start to do some interviews of some of these you know, young adults or even middle-aged adults who are there working out and trying to build community on their, on their own turf. If you were to do an interview with them and say in Chicago, what's your impression of the church? You know, what do you suppose, what adjectives would come to mind if you were to do a, a general survey of the young adults there? Irrelevant. Irrelevant. Uh-huh. Irrelevant. Um, yeah. Out of touch. Um, y- y- uh, unknown. Mm-hmm. Like what now the church, thankfully I, I, I love wearing the collar in Chicago because policemen, firefighters, city workers, homeless. Those generational, those generational people who've lived there for a yeah. long time. Yeah, yeah but, he, but like the Catholics, the parochial school system is mm-hmm. so strong. So even people who aren't practicing their faith, a lot of them went through Catholic schools, mm-hmm. if, whether they're Catholic or not. But they'll see me on the street or I like to ride my bike all through the city. Hey, Father, how's it going? What's up? Hey, give me a blessing or how's it going? Whatever, mm-hmm. pray for me. So... It's, it's fun for me because there is still that sense, which I, I because the Midwest is still very strong, mm-hmm. but that's, it's, it's more of a wistful or nostalgic. Like, gosh, I, I'm glad I see a priest, but again, what is the relevance for my daily life? You're a distant ethos for them. And it's not a, it's not an incarnational life lived alongside you. Exactly. And moving towards the Lord. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think that's true everywhere. Um, it would just be perhaps a little more irrelevant if you get so caught up in the life of a bigger city that you don't even notice the rhythm of life of parishes. In a small community, you know, you would see, oh, the parish is advertising all over town. The parish has got their big fall festival, or perhaps there's a Eucharistic procession, and it takes up half the street corners of our small town. Perhaps the irrelevancy of the church is a little more prominent in a larger urban area, perhaps. And yet, and yet, What's exciting for me in the local church is the fact that we have a very active Catholic charities. We have mm-hmm. many of our urban parishes do outreach to the poor. They'll do a soup kitchen. They'll do sandwich handouts, etc. So the church really does at her best is trying to serve the poor and be visible. 
but it's the it's connecting all those pieces service to the poor is an authentic way of living the gospel trying to build community having a beautiful liturgy doing all the evangelizing knowing the faith well exactly so how do we literacy yes all those things how do we put them together because i just encounter so many people whether it's you know go to a a, a pub to watch a game or something with a buddy. And then they, to see a priest there in his collar, they're like, wait, you, and they're so comfortable in you the bar. Drink? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can have a pint and you're watching a game. They're so comfortable in that setting, mm-hmm. but they're not comfortable coming to a church. Mm-hmm. Right. So in the last like five minutes, uh, four minutes or so, um, for those on the treadmill, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm just like a little bit more sanguine than father Shane's melancholic. Just kind of, is it melancholic or phlegmatic? Very melancholic. Shane, I wouldn't have, Shane, I wouldn't have thought that. Melancholic. I wouldn't have thought that. Oh, yeah, always. Do I strike you as kind of the glass is half empty? A little bit. Really? Sometimes. <laughs> oh, okay. It's okay. Anyway, this, this is our next podcast. Oh, oh yeah. Not to, podcast. <laughs> yeah, two and a half years into this, we really just like, oh, open up the... Interesting. Yeah, draw rooms for everybody. Go ahead. Um, people who know you say the same thing. Anyways, I, I just want to know what the, like, the hope is. Uh, everybody always constantly, I'm sure in Chicago it's the same, but here in our diocese, constantly asking like, Father... Our kids left the, they're leaving the faith, right? Our, our grandkids are leaving the faith, right? And especially like, well, they're leaving, they're leaving these small towns. They don't live there anymore. They're, they're living in Chicago. They're living in these, these Midwest cities. What's the move? Like, what's the, it's like, okay, we see this reality. Like, where's the hope that you're seeing working with young adults or encountering kind of that, that shifting culture where they're at? The hope for me is Jesus is Lord. Jesus is alive, and that's like the most subversive thing to be able to say to people. He is alive. He's not an idea. He's not just somebody who died 2,000 years ago. He's alive, and because of that, when we connect with him, the church becomes alive. And so I see a lot of young people, young adults in the city who aren't ideologically opposed to the church. Mm. They, and I ask them, especially for couples I do marriage prep with, I'm like, when did you stop praying? And they'll say, I don't, I don't really know. Mm. When did you stop going to Mass? I'm not sure. It, it just happens, which is hopeful. For, it sounds strange, but it's hopeful for me because there's not this incredible, again, they're not opposed. Mm. And I think because of the emptiness of our culture, that also gives me hope mm. because, again, Jesus offers something so real, so life-giving that as we connect with him and live that, we can offer it to them. Mm. And they are looking. And we're seeing that here at Seek right now with all these college students. I think they're encountering for the first time a lot of them the community that is the church. Um, they're seeing, wait, I'm not the only quasi-committed Catholic in my college or in my high school mm-hmm. or in my town or in my community. They're like, wow, this is something bigger than me. Um, and it's exciting to watch the, the joy, but it's encouraging to watch also the hope that's kind of stirred up um, and watching them encounter the church in a new light. And that's the hope that people, even in their parishes, priests or brother priests, even in, in your own ministry, that you can encounter that new um, joy of the gospel. That Pope Francis mm-hmm. talked about earlier in his pontificate, yeah, that and we're I, experiencing right now. And I think a challenge for all of us, and I, I think small towns maybe are better about this, but the, the, the challenge of the urban or suburban environment, lives that are so busy, mm. we have so many things that we could be doing that we're not investing in community on the church level. Priests, we say we don't have time. Parishioners, we don't have time. So we, we all have this lie that we don't have time for each other, and yet that building those relationships with the Trinity, with each other, that's what's going to be most satisfying. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's like, it's, again, it's speaking against that lie and then sacrificing our time for each other and then realizing, oh, wait, I love this. This is what I should be using my time for. 
I think that's well said, but I, I want to just kind of go back to a couple of the things that you were just saying earlier. Um, and I know we're kind of running short on time. So if you're on the treadmill, just you know, ramp up the speed. Do a, do a hard little push <laughs> at the end here, okay? We'll keep it going. Yeah. Um, when you had said earlier that we just don't make the time, um, the ability to say, you know, I can distinguish in my life between the important versus the urgent, mm-hmm. um, the, the urgency of, of city living you know, can be intense. And, and I feel it having moved uh, to St. Louis now, but I've lived in other larger cities. Sometimes you have to set aside like three hours because you don't know what traffic is going to be like. So if I have to get to this one event, it's going to take the whole afternoon because I don't know if I'm going to hit rush hour traffic. In a smaller town, you were like, I got 15 minutes. I can go to the grocery store and I can stop at the <laughs> post office. And I can go to the bank and all of this. That's Sioux City life. Yeah, and you can just, well, in so many small towns, you just kind of jam up so many different things, which can also create its own sense of urgency mm-hmm. when you're fighting the clock all the time. Um, but I would just encourage our listeners to constantly say, what am I doing in uh, my authentic sense of building up community and deepening my relationships among fellow Christians, among fellow believers who are walking towards heaven, and doing so with great intentionality for the sake of importance versus the urgency that's always going through my day? I, totally, because, I, I, again, I see when we're reflecting, that's why I love the examine prayer, to be able to look back on your day with Jesus and to say, what was worth my time today? Wow, I spent all this time on something that actually was very unfulfilling and I don't even think you wanted me to do. As opposed to tomorrow, you know what? I'm going to sacrifice this, which is good, for something that's much better, which is time with you, Lord, time with these others, time serving the poor, serving those who are isolated. So it's that in, the intentionality of giving something our time, sacrificing what is good for what is better. Beautiful and, words. Father Tim, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule here, making this an, an important thing in the midst of so many urgent things here at the Seat Conference. I know you're working with a lot of young adults here. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. Father Crotty, always good to be with you. Likewise. Thank bless. you, guys. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate Welcome. it. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.